When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Seedwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT 2 Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. We'll a quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael and Michael. Don't know why I called you that. That was weird. Yeah, that's uh, strange. That's not me. It's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> to review last night's episode of NXT and major developments on the road to roadblock. Yes, Adam, that's right. <laughs> um, I've always said, like, I've, when it comes to NXT, I like to apply something I call the trifecta. Uh, I want. He's <laughs> such an asshole. I, I want square-headed, <laughs> horrendous promos, horrendous vignettes. Okay, you see how you and like half-decent wrestling. But I only got two. Ooh. So this NXT didn't like, not, didn't quite get a passing grade for me. This one, um, yeah, it was absolutely bobbins. <laughs> this episode was even by the worst of this brand's standards was absolutely bobbins. Did you but not take perverse enjoyment out of one certain thing that I sense we're going to get to later on? Oh, of course I did. Oh yeah, yeah, not even perverse, just immense enjoyment, <laughs> earnest enjoyment. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I might need your help yeah, acting yeah. that one out a little bit later. Uh, let's dive into it then, because the show opened um, with a future star, I sense, of WWE, Trick Williams, uh, who comes out cutting a promo to the ring in, in the way that only Trick Williams can. Uh, reporting to you live, the greatest entertainer alive, Trick Williams has finally arrived. He walks down to the ring, says he's here to prove he can do more than talk. He can back up everything he says. He says, Dragonov, you can come out and wear your long robe, call yourself the Mad Dragon, orchestrate your imaginary band. But tonight, the bigger, badder man is going to beat that big-headed bum into an oblivion. Sorry about that. It's okay when Trick does it. <laughs> uh, and he said, uh, oh, I'm glad that uh, playing ma pain makes you feel alive because you're going to be on cloud nine as I orchestrate an ass-whooping. More of this sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good line. The orchestrate stuff is so stupid, so I'm glad he kind of took the piss out of that. But more wrestlers need to take the piss out of wrestlers that think pain is good. You know, Liv Morgan, like, smiling away oh, to God, submit I hate it. it so Elimination much. Chamber, the double submission, and she's like, oh, Liv's passing out. 
Butchie's smiling. Like Steve Austin passes out in a pool of blood at WrestleMania 13, but does he like the pain? No, he absolutely hates it. It's pain. Yes. Like, I'm all for wrestlers calling that out in a promo as a character flaw rather than something that we should aspire to have. When Liv Morgan does it, I just die a little bit inside. You know when you have that visceral feeling of literally, like, cringing? Like it's, you know, a horrible accident that it's physical, you've seen. It? It's physical, yeah. Like, like, you know, where you've seen an animal dead by the roadside. <laughs> like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's Liv Morgan smiling when she's passing out. Jesus Christ. What an absolutely terrible television, te- television character. It's fitting that it's like a Shawn Michaels-inspired trait because he loves animals dead by the roadside. Because he killed them. Because he kills them. <laughs> Was he dead I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bang! I'm sorry I love you for my dinner. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. I love you to feel like a big man. <laughs> I feel like an animal shoving it through a barbershop window. <laughs> One without the other isn't any good. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, Trick Williams versus Dragonoff. Um, Williams jumps Dragonoff to start, so Dragonoff's even more angry than usual. Um, quite stiff, this <laughs> it felt. Uh, Dragonoff hit a running knee in the corner, um, keeps Williams down. Goes up top, but uh, gets kicked. Williams, no, Trick Williams pushes him out to the floor. He takes a rough old bump on the apron on the way down as well. Out comes, uh, with his retina fixed now in a week, uh, JD McDonough um, as we go to a break. When we come back, Ilya's in a submission, finally breaks out of it, goes for a waist, waist lock, Trick fights out. Um, then Ilya goes into the ropes and comes off with a spinning lariat. Hits a big enziguri, um, goes up top, um, hits a high knee on Trick, it's a top rope knee drop to get a near fall. But then Trick escapes uh, and hits an Inziguri and a neck breaker for a two count. He sets up in the corner, goes to that spinning knockout kick of his, but gets brilliantly planted with a powerbomb. Ilya hits him with a release German, and the Torpedo Moscow gets him the one, two, three. I liked elements of this. Um, I did like how it felt like a bit of an in-ring coming-out party for Trick mm. Williams. It wasn't like the best match ever, but it was probably his best match ever. Um, it went a little bit too long. That would be my, like, my, I'm giving this earnest criticism, so I'm not sure I liked it enough to criticise it. It passed its peak ever so slightly. There was a point at which I think if you'd have wrapped this up, maybe, how long did this go? Like 15 minutes or something? Anyway, like it felt like it needed about five minutes off, and I think Trick wouldn't have started to look not lost, but a little bit... Out like, of his depth. Yeah, out of his depth. Like, the, like As a character, he had nothing really left in ring to do to mm. beat Ilya Dragunov, which is fine, because he's the, the weaker of the two wrestlers, the less experienced, but he just ran out of stuff a lot quicker than he should have done. Um, but, you know, he, he got something out of this Dragunov kid. I'll, <laughs> like, you know, fair, fair play to Dragunov too. I thought this was better than it had any right to be mm. for what a wild styles clash it was. It just was a bit too long for me. So weird, Dragunov. Like, statistically, if you take a ratio of a claim to actual amount of matches worked, he's probably, at least according to Meltzer, the most critically acclaimed WWE wrestler <laughs> of all match time. adores him. Yeah, like, his, his best work's amazing, and I also hate him on television. <laughs> this match, uh, I don't know what to feel about it because I want to see Carmelo and Trick on the main roster. I feel this was the very first sign that you are not going to see that, and mm-hmm. they might, in fact, be building Trick and Carmelo as opponents. The storytelling here, emphasis on the tell, because I don't think he quite showed enough, as much as I love Trick, was that they are very slowly beginning to babyface Trick Williams. He was getting endorsed by babyfaces later in the night. He was humble and nice to Tyler Bate mm-hmm. later, and Melo was a little bit, mm, I'm not sure about this. So I 
didn't like this because it was a glimpse of a future I just don't want to see. Mm. And I felt like during the commentary and especially in certain segments later in the evening, we were told something more than I was shown. Again, this might be nitpicking with this level of experience. I think it's a clever idea if they're going this route, which I don't like, putting them in there for dragging off for like, what, 15 minutes. You're not going to have a bad match, but I don't think it was a particularly awesome one either. Certain bits where you just know you're being told something, you're being sold something. Like he's very obviously only lifting his leg up to feed the powerbomb mm. counter and not actually looking and motioning to kick someone flush in the face. Your like, theory about clotheslines. Yes, you're telegraphing. You're not, there's no real intent to do something. You are just visibly getting through to the next part of the match as it's been mapped out backstage mm -hmm. as opposed to immersing me in it. So I don't think Trick's ready for this push, which is a shame because he's closer than he's been. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's too soon. Too soon were the two words I had throughout all of this. Too soon for this push. Too soon to hint at the breakup. Everything was still too soon. Yeah, I didn't like the any any suggestion that him and Mello aren't going to be together going forward, uh, whether that, like you say, be on the main roster or potentially with Mello as NXT champion. I they have to break up at some point because if yeah. Trick can be a single star, Jesus Christ, the yeah. guy's an He's entertainment lot, machine. Essentially, isn't he? Yeah. But not yet. I was just mm. thinking all of this, not yet, not yet, not yet. I, the, I, it's polar opposite to what we're probably all going to say about the main event here, and I don't know why, but I was expecting... Well, trick's better than gender. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting better things from the main event, even though I knew what I was going to get, because I was like, well, you, look how many years you've had on the main roster of WWE. You've held all these championships, not to read your Wikipedia page off, and you're working with Bron Breaker, who's got a very easy, simple formula that makes his matches really enjoyable. Whereas in this one, I was going into it going, it's a fun match on paper, but I'm scared that he's going to get really exposed here. And Dragonov's going to be like, come bloody here, we're going to do... Mm. It didn't feel it was that, but so it was one of those where I think my expectations were lower on this, so I was pleasantly surprised. And we'll get to that main event a little bit later. Uh, speaking of which, there was a video package on Jindam Hall. I mentioned this in the office earlier on because I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he won the US title at WrestleMania 34 when all the other men in that match were more viable contenders. God, 11 years between NXT title shots. Jim Mahal went 11 years between NXT title shots. It's just, it, those stats shouldn't exist. No. It's not a bad stat. That's an unfathomable one. It's like, again, it's a trend on Twitter. But I'm actually quite into this one because it breaks my brain in like a way that I just enjoy for whatever reason. <laughs> the passage of time. Love them. Love them. Passage of time The stuff. passage of time stats. 11 years separated. The mega powers exploding and a McMahon in every corner. Yeah. The Attitude Era had arguably peaked mm -hmm. and the Golden Era had peaked. The two... Is the bloom off the rose when we get the best we've ever got and that's going to be it for a while? 11 years between which everything changed. The color of the robes, the format of the television, the talent, the type of talent that they had no choice but to push. The new generation, been and gone, mate. Jinder Mahal, what's fundamentally has changed. Jesus Christ. Well, one WWE title run. That's the thing, isn't it? Like to his name, that they will like try and use as much as they can to mean anything mm -hmm. when it means nothing. Uh, but this is what we're really watching the show for. Fallon Henley's in the locker room. Uh, she's trying to speak to Boris Johnson. No, she's trying to speak to Wanks a lot. Um, but uh, obviously he's not taking any calls because he's pissed off about what happened last week, her cock blocking him. 
Um, she falsely accused Keanu James, of course. And Zach was a brother all along. Who knew that? Who he did? Yeah, all of us. Who attacked Nikita Lyons? Uh, Andy Harbour. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, anyway, here comes... They're like, only three people guessed it. And we're like, yeah, only three people watched the show, so... <laughs> and sat in this room. <laughs> um, anyway, the other one's there. Boris Johnson, whatever he's called, uh, and says, you need to kind of make amends. And she's like, I know, you won't answer my call. Um, and uh, so Henley leaves to go and find Keanu James and apologize in person. It's a show long hook, that baby, for me. Yep. We are seven days removed from the date. It is established mm-hmm. later in the evening that Keanu James didn't blame Bruce Jensen and, in fact, has his best interests in mind and has a picture of them two together on the desk. Why, in this intervening period, did they not say, oh, that was a bit of a downer on the night. Um, yeah, I'm really upset with Fallon, and I'm just not going to speak to her for a while. Um, let's have another date. Let's have <laughs> another date, Kiana. To which Kiana will go, yeah, okay, I don't blame you for it. Just that it was, the mood was ruined. Um, but I'm over it now, and, you know, we're in love. Really want to see you again. Okay, let's go on a date. The date happens. He takes her home. Mm. Why didn't that happen in the last in the intervening seven days? Because it's a fake TV show. It's that like, I'm into this. I'm joking. I'm so into it. I'm really into it. Yeah. Is he going to bust? When's he going to bust? I'm just waiting for about a year and a half. Was it September 2021? Yeah, he's been... For nearly Water 18 months. Out for 18 months. <laughs> this twist but is he's given up sex for Lent. I'm going to explode. <laughs> for 18 months. So I just want this man's balls to explode. <laughs> That's all I want from this brand. I just want to watch him burst. NXT's not got like quite as high a pyro budget, so on the night they just like lie him on the stage, <laughs> face <laughs> up, and he just goes... <laughs> um, scares Pharaoh. Big load. Um, from uh, big loads... <laughs> to Miko Satamora joining the PC class, apparently. In Did not hate this at all. Go on. Yeah, yeah, in comes NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez. Keen to join the class. Satamora just murks them all. This hor- puts them through the ringer. Squats and all these exercises around the ring. And they all slowly sort of fade off uh, until it's just Roxanne Perez left. And uh, she does what, a thousand burpees or whatever it was they were doing. Uh, and she's like, whoa. Well, we've done it. And Satamora goes, that was the warm-up. Yeah. To be continued. Can we just cover it all? Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to, do you want me to yeah, yeah, skip yeah. to the other bit? Recap for the listeners. Who okay. care? Uh, so, <laughs> so um, Roxy's locking up with Miko. Uh, asks, why Why are you doing this, considering we're going to be wrestling for the title in a couple of weeks? Miko's like, don't talk. Train. Uh, and they keep grappling, and they're kicking, and she's because pleasantly surprised by Roxanne Perez. She's putting, laying it in a little bit. Uh, and finally, when they're finished... Um, and Miko says, you know, winning, it's not about, the, it's not about, you know, just big muscles, about brain, it's about your heart. Uh, see you in two weeks. Heart's a muscle. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you, you think Lots of, of wrestlers with the big muscles in the 80s are enlarged ones, so it doesn't matter about the size of it. It does. Can I tell you something? And I mean this earnestly. If you take away the invisible camera, if you take away the cheesy acting, if you take away just the whole 
cheap, nasty, fake way this was filmed. The lighting like, was such a strange choice, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, we're going to really, like, take it back to basics, gritty dojo. Well, what time do you want me to get there, Mako? Well, give us two hours, because we're going to set it up to look like some old-fashioned film yeah. lighting set in the first place. It looked fake as all hell. At its core, this was a really strong idea that has pulverized, right, annihilated the booking of both Tony Khan and Triple H in how to present women's wrestling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. There was so much to enjoy here, and I think Tony Khan should watch this, and Triple H should watch this, and the pair of them should be embarrassed. What you've done here is like a multi-pronged solution to so many problems that seem to just have to exist in North American TV wrestling when this proved that they shouldn't be. What you've got here, two things primarily. You've got a filler TV title defense that exists before the main stars who are getting pushed get their turns in matches of real drama with no predictable outcomes. I'm talking about JC Jane, who they're pushing, and Tiffany Stratton. Satamura is the stopgap. Satamura also speaks Japanese primarily, and while she can't speak English very well, that type of performer usually doesn't get a real storyline mm. or a segment or anything. They're usually staring at each other's belts, and that's it. What you have here is a angle that gets over a woman and portrays her who doesn't speak English in her native tongue as a killer who's really skilled at her craft and doesn't have to die out there with a live mic or isn't given horrendous dialogue. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't horrendous. What you've done as well through the um, plotting of the story is you have visually indicated that Satamura is amazing. She's so much more experienced. She's so much stronger than Roxanne Perez to the point that Roxanne Perez is, like, struggling to keep up with her Mm. through this training drill, and there's going to be a bit of drama in the match, and it helps that she's a legend, and that you'd always, in the back of your mind, think, why wouldn't they strap her up? Because she could go on a weekly open challenge gimmick or something like that and sharpen everyone as she goes. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that Triple H and Tony Khan should be embarrassed by this, because even if it was a bit cheap and a bit fake-looking, Shawn Michaels has booked... Mm. A stop-gap title defense with a woman who doesn't speak English and her, is her primary tongue on an episodic North American TV show, and he's done a really good job of it. Yeah, like very little to add other than to just also enthusiastically put it over. In truth, that was the one thing I would would have wanted to say and said so articulated it better than I could have. Miko Satomura, um, it doesn't get spoken about as much because the Walter matches were so fantastic, or the Walter match in the BT Sports Studio. But she had a bit of a lost classic in the BT Sports Studio against Kaylee Ray, mm. and the same thing applied. Kaylee Ray had had that belt for ages, and the story, if you want to call it that, was you just simply haven't had a challenge like Miko Satomura. She brings age That experience. is a story. Yeah, it is a story. It's a That's great a, story. Like, it's just not told that often on uh, mainstream North American episodic television wrestling. So this was a great way to do this. A great choice of opponent to do this Miko Satamora story with, especially because, um, like, I guess as a babyface champion, you don't, like, sometimes you have to spend your angles getting beaten down or having heels double team you or cheat to get the advantage of things like that. This doesn't require any of that. This is absolutely a battle of who's the best. And sometimes that's, you want that more than anything else for a title mm. match. They're kind of going that way with Carmella Hayes and Bron Breaker, and it doesn't feel half as convincing. Mm. 
Uh, anyway, following the first half of that, here comes Tyler Beat. Uh, he walks out, he says, I'm not a man of many words, but I'm seeing some good... What he was tonight, last night. <laughs> <laughs> said some good vibes. Uh, the crowd's going back and forth over Grayson Waller. Um, talks about the love he's received from the, most of the fans. Wants to thank them, whether it's against uh, Waller, whether it's against Axiom. Nerd! Or even the time he came up short against Bran Uh He says, look, sometimes these things happen for a reason. It's all about timing. We're about to embark on a mystical journey, and here comes the Jesus. Uh, out they come. Joe Gacy says, I overheard what you were saying. Uh, I believe we're kindred spirits. We're forward thinkers. Uh, but it's like, I think I'll pass on whatever concoction you've drunk. Uh, and Ava, no surname, Rock's daughter, uh, says, um, they're not spirits in all ways. Uh, Gacy says, Bate, you're funny. Uh, the journey a man takes does matter, but you have to be careful who you surround yourself with. And as he says that, the Gacy says the people won't help him. The schism is a family who preach togetherness in the face of division. They gave Thea Hale a taste of what it means to be with them. Maybe Bait needs it too. And Ava says uh, they're four roots, one tree, and they're all about to climb in the ring and kick his ass when here comes Chase You to chase off the schism, take us to a break, and then set up their match that was immediately coming after this. The vast majority of this was hot trash. Like the So rubbish. I get the I get the character of Tyler Bate. Uh, and I also even will give them credit. Yeah. Is he a hippie? Uh, Have they looked and said you got long hair and a beard? You turn up to work looking like that <laughs> scruffy get. We'll make like, you the 1960s. Yeah, like that. This is <laughs> your thing. It's the uh, um. I, I get how they've drawn that line to use him as well. I just the, the actual content of the promos was risible. Like the, it's NXT. It's NXT. Copy this. They're all. They're all at it. Like any character is going to get this at some point or another. And we haven't had one of these. It doesn't feel like we've had one of these real long form ones from use him in a while. So it's almost like this felt like flashback. Like, vintage jism, like because we just haven't had like real Joe Gacy giving it like yeah. giving it Out big balls. Yeah, nonsense. I was watching this, and as the words were literally tumbling out of his mouth, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I never do, but usually it's that. What did he just say? As he's talking, I'm so disinterested. It's such soupy bollocks that I'm just thinking, what is he saying? Then rewound it, fifteen seconds. Like, what did he say? And I realized I don't care. Like one bit, Tyler Bate, basically being the uh, the brummy Jim Morrison, <laughs> doesn't work for me, Jack. <laughs> him and him and uh, Trent Slick. Seven, him and Trent Seven, the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so then we come back and we've got the match. It is uh, Robbie Fowler and the end of Brit Res that they facilitated. <laughs> Robbie Fowler and Mick Jagger versus Andre Chase and the man with the hottest tag in professional wrestling. Yep. Duke Hudson. No lies detective. God, I love him. He's so good. Very few lies detective. <laughs> it's amazing. He comes in. I don't know what it is. He's he got his sentence in the mix now. Yeah. Comes in. Yeah, Chase, Andre Chase getting beaten up. Blah, blah, blah. They've isolated him. He finally breaks through. He gets over to Duke Bloody Hudson. In he comes. Sidewalk slam to uh, Mick Jagger. Robbie Fowler gets taken out. Shoulder blocks in the corner. Belly to belly suplex. One of them into the other. Uh, 
Jagger, Mick Jagger uh, is hitting with a jawbreaker. So in comes Andre Chase, and they use tandem offense uh, until uh, Mick Jagger gets pushed into a super kick for a two-count. I just think it was great. And Chase got a, a, a nice hot tag later on as well, actually. Um, hits both of the... With inverted atomic drops. Um, he gets... Mick Jagger then gets Robbie Fowler. He gets Robbie Fowler, then grabs Mick Jagger and hits that DDT Russian leg sweep combo. Um, hits a spinning Nate Breaker, goes up top, moonsault onto Robbie Fowler on the outside, back in, crossbody to uh, Mick Jagger, but Robbie Fowler just dives in to break it up at the last second. He does the chase you stomp um, when all of a sudden Ava, who's been there the whole time, obviously starts to stalk the... <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, with a history of being very briefly kidnapped, <laughs> uh, Thea starts freaking out. Andre Chase, concerned, leaves the ring to check on her, um, leaving the legal man, uh, Duke Bloody Hudson, alone. He has not seen the uh, blind tag, and he turns around, basically, after trying to fight them both off into a sort of stereo code breaker. One, two, three. Uh, Andre Chase did try to make the save, but was being held off. Uh, and then after the match, Duke Hudson's furious. He tells Thea Hale to grow up. Says, is this a university or a charity? Uh, and storms <laughs> off as Thea is devastated, saying it's all my fault. The, is this a university or charity? It was so funny because it's neither. It's, it's neither. It's a wrestling show. And I love, I love when these characters forget that. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about NXT. Um, I don't wish to add to your longstanding gripe further, Wilborn, regarding the Grizzled Young Vets. But, like, Jagger and Fowler would make better tag team champions than Gallus. Like, they should have put Anyone them, would make they better would, tag yeah. team champions than Gallus. Just casually just flipping out of the ring. They should have uh, specifically yeah. put them in in the first place because, like, this was really, really good stuff in places. I'm a fan of the Chase You act as much in-ring as I am out of it now, which is the best-case scenario for these insane character-based, like, these gimmick-based wrestlers, excuse me. Very big difference. Like, when you've got these gimmicks, often it just does not translate to the matches. And I think we've got this really nice sweet spot with Chase U at this point. This Duke Hudson hot tag is awesome. It's probably the second best tag team he's been in since MVP. Got him and Shane Thorne together in the uh, Panda. <laughs> yeah, pan- I forgot about that. And, um, so, like, this act is, like, it's, it's hitting its peak, which we thought was Vengeance Day. So I'm impressed they've broke through that, and you're still waiting to see when they're, well, the shoe's going to drop. It's going to be really sad when it does. I think we're all rooting for them still rather than for the breakup, but the breakup's coming. I just hope the breakup comes without Thea Hale getting cupid. I remain really nervous that they're going to break her down because now she's devastated at the harm she's brought to chase you. You're seeing her enthusiasm win, and I hope that doesn't lead to her having some dark thoughts because that's how they recruited people in the first place, wasn't it? Turn that round upside down with a yellow sticker. I don't want that to happen to the uh, no. no, me neither. I don't think they do really. I hope not. It's not her strength. In ring, keep, keep an eye. On, when we were in school, and you'd put your homework diary and be like, oh, "I love football at the moment." So there's just loads of pictures of footballers on my homework diary. Yeah. she's got one of those stickers with this Maggie face. The best way I can describe pretty much all of the good rousing action on NXT is few and far between as it is. Is uh, you got Disney Plus. Yeah. Because I've, I've got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> is it good on your telly? Or yeah. is it... Ru- it buffers all the time for me. Ah, uh, we play it through our Skybox. That's oh, probably... Uh, oh, fancy day! Fancy day! Oh, Rupert Moidor! We play it through a fire stick, right? The fire stick... F- YouTube works fan-dabby-dozy on it. Uh-huh. So does Fight. 
What's fight? I mean, oh yeah, fight you. New Japan World is a disaster. Yeah, New Japan World on on a fire stick. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a disaster. And Disney Plus is almost as bad. I don't understand what's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely abysmal. Sundays, like right, put a film on. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's watch. You know, Aladdin. Great film. The first one, and like 94 one. 92. 92, whatever. The most recent one was sort of abysmal. Yeah, I haven't done an original. Two hours, 40 minutes long. Will Smith did it about as a genie. It, literally, Robin Williams was perfect. Unacceptable. <laughs> so, Disney Plus, Disney Plus is uh, a disaster. Uh-huh. So you watch Aladdin, and then the buffering happens, or Encanto, and the buffering happens, and then it'll play for like a minute, then the buffering happens. Oh. In a place where it's like, can we just watch something else? I'll, I'll prime the Blu-ray right now, and we can do this again tomorrow. I just kind of deal with things happening and then not happening. Same. Just in my life mm. in general. Watching NXT, <laughs> and when it's, it's a bit like the buffering, it's like if I can just ignore the idiocy <laughs> in the contact lenses, in the absolutely preposterous idea that anyone be in, would be intimidated by Ava Reigns. It's important. I'm not. I'm 37 years old. <laughs> I am 37 years old, and I'm being asked to receive Ava Rains. Just Ava. As if she, I'm getting asked to receive <laughs> Ava as if she's like uh, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I will not do it. I cannot do it. And that's the buffering. And you get that bit of, oh, I can't do it. Stop it. Stop it. And then you get the action. It's like, ah. Oh, the reprieve from the spinning circle for like a minute. It's the same physical sensation, genuinely. You're saying this needs more cauldron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that works. Convince you more. Yeah, it does. It will. Uh, I need your help for this because we go backstage. We're in the locker room. Oh Would man, you like yeah. to, to yeah, play, yeah, yeah. play the role of Von Wagner? So Robert Stone's there like, what are we going to do then, Von? And Von says... Two seconds you there what do you want from me my deep dark secrets I'm here to kick ass and take names and uh, Robert says oh great real original Vaughn and then in comes oh Tony D like fellas oh fellas am I interrupting something good because we got a problem last week you stole our North American title shot and that don't sit well, well with me or the underboss are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> Delivered perfectly, both times there and by Fon. Uh, and Zach says, wow, what a funny guy. <laughs> you should be a comedian. Well, you'd know, Zach. Uh, but it's not going to be funny when the Don throws a beat down on you tonight. What do you mean funny? <laughs> <laughs> I was inquiring about whether you were talking to me because Mr. Stone is right there too. Vaughn says, so you want a match? Tony says, oh, now we're talking. And uh, Robert Stone's like, nah, Vaughn, don't do it. I'm not keen on this. I think it's a good idea. Vaughn then says, respectfully, I decline. (laughs) Tony says, oh, decline? What uh, you two got going on over here, huh? And Stack says, Van, I realized he was your manager. I didn't realize he was your daddy, too. And Tony's like, 
he's the second one. He gives him orange slices and juice boxes to Vaughn and his imaginary friends. And Stack says, I know I should have brought a contract, but I didn't realize I had to bring a permission slip, too. And then Vaughn really fires up. Hey, you, <laughs> you want to fight? You got one. Stone's like, on to this birthday because you pointed out a really good thing as well earlier. Robert Stone's not happy. He's like, Vaughn, what the hell are you doing? What the hell was that? You're playing right into their hands. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> and appropriately, he waited until Robert Stone finished the sentence to tell him to he, shut up. Uh, oh, you have, in fact, already shut up. My mistake. <laughs> Mr. Stone, I do not understand the reference because they are not good fellas. I, in fact, had the same joke teed up <laughs> earlier today. In fact, they are criminals. <laughs> we would have the same joke because me and Cedric rewatched this in the office this morning. <laughs> NXT made it to pre-podcast viewing. We both, as well, last night, as we discussed in the office this morning, were on a bit of a laugh at the Rampage rating, which was 0.07, and we both disclosed to each other that we independently tried to do James Bond tweets. <laughs> the name's bombed. But I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with James to go in the rest of the tweet. Yeah. yeah Bond. The Young Bucks, and it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, match coming up later. I was so ecstatic when I saw this. It's really hard not to get a big head and assume that WWE aren't listening and thought, like, should we just... Should we just give them what they want in that podcast that, like, the only people that talk about this brand? <laughs> Listen to the preview yesterday and thought, right, well, Von Wagner, they're into Von Wagner. <laughs> Those twats from England are into Von Wagner this week. <laughs> Who should we put in with? I like Tony and Stax. Michael Owen's <laughs> busy doing coverage of yeah. Liverpool getting thrashed by Real Madrid. They're like Tony D and Stax. Just give them it. Give them it. They'll be nice about the opener if we just give them it. <laughs> and we weren't. Try again next week. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, so we go then to Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Uh, they're with Mackenzie, and Mackenzie's like, why did you turn on your friend? And Drew's like, friend, are we reading the same dictionary? And I was thinking for a split Neither of you. Why is this a dodgeball reference? Oh, you got me reading a book, the dictionary. But wait, neither one of you is reading a dictionary. What is going on? <laughs> Hank wasn't his friend. How is this a promo? This is impossible to promote. <laughs> says, uh... I didn't come to NXT, you know, for participation trophies. I'm looking for the best. And uh, Hank is is a nice guy, but he's not the absolute best. You can't be afraid to step on throats and tear ligaments. And that describes this man, Charlie Dempsey. It is ironic that you look like Naughty Holder (laughs) because I cannot feel the noise. (laughs) Hello, Charlie Dempsey. Are you hanging up your stocking on the wall? Are you <laughs> hanging up your stocking <laughs> on the wall? Um, another vignette with Sol Ruka. Um, bloody love surfing. Bloody love skateboarding. <laughs> they got like a job lot of skateboards to sell. And they turned corrugated in like, oh, I ordered 4,000. They made the surfer a skater. Well, just well dear, we made our money in fruit. We made our money in goo. But it looks like... We finally reached the end of the line with all these skateboards. Cling. Excuse me, good sir. Do you know why you can, in fact, make a surfer a skater? What's that? Do you know where skateboarding originated from? Got it. The surfers couldn't really do it when, like, the tide was when they couldn't <laughs> surf. Yeah, and they just wanted to get the buzz of surfing on land. That's how skateboarding culture came Not to right. be. Surfers who decided, what's the nearest thing we can do on land and like a surfboard and a skateboard? Origin story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like Sol Ruka has taken that path because I love the shot here where she was like, you know, sometimes it's just like, I like relaxing in lots of different ways. I like relaxing when I'm surfing. I like relaxing when I'm skating. And to illustrate how relaxed she is, they've got a hold in a selfie cam looking like terrified for life as the skateboard trundles along. Like, uh, it's like, she can actually surf. Just keep her in the frigging water. <laughs> yeah. My God. Her knees are ticking time bombs out. <laughs> Don't make her do this for like a vignette, for God's sake. So those uh, two subcultures are interwoven. Yeah. I, I love can it. you remember what the NXT? Cool trick. Can you remember the NXT UK group subculture? Yes, we had a massive laugh about this in the <laughs> We really did. We really put the piss out of them. <laughs> so the idea was. I'm a bloody mud. Well, I'm a bloody emo. And together we are different subcultures, so we're just called subculture. We all live underground. <laughs> well, look at it. It's graffiti, Banksy, and, and Union Jack flags. I've got a fringe. <laughs> How are we going to make this work? I don't know, but we're all uh, different subcultures, but same alternative, I think. 
thing about subcultures is we all know how to do headlock. <laughs> Basically, we don't like the men in our different ways. There Together. A, there was a... Um, we are the subculture. I do not understand. What have you got against Becky Lynch? <laughs> Ric Flair, I do agree, <laughs> is a dangerous man. Morgan Webster, look at you. What the hell makes you flash? <laughs> uh, who else was in the group? <laughs> uh, Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is in the group, yeah. Um... <laughs> Inoffensive. <laughs> there was a, in the Solruka bit, there was a... As far as British wrestlers go. Like, tanks don't give a sh- adjacent line. It was like, uh, think about waves. Is. I was like, go on then. Go on, compare waves to the NXT roster. No two waves are the same. <laughs> like, like the women of the NXT roster. And suddenly, like, you get, like, bird person flashing up <laughs> with all the fire. She's bloody right. Surfing's where she trains. Meanwhile, back to the fucking dojo. We make a Salmora. Yeah. Uh, it was a cool trick she pulled off. I'll give her that. Yeah. And she wants to beat Zoe Stark, and that was going to be revisited by Zoe a little bit later. Um, and we got uh, JC Jane versus Indy Hartwell. Um, I'm not really going to recap much of this match because it ended in a DQ, but there was, just before that, the new the new thing for JC Jane, the kiss of death, where she gives someone on the forehead and then kicks their head off like she did on Ding Dong Hello. Should, should that not be a Tony D thing? Yeah. But he didn't boot somebody's head into a door frame. She's more gangster than he is. This is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's going to hit Indy Hartwell with, I think, the second. Is she more gangster than Starks? I wouldn't like to pass that comment, quite frankly. Yeah, no, Not the way he's been lately. Yeah, um, Yeah. so she's going to hit Indy for a second kiss of death when who should run in for a sneak attack but a returning Gigi Dolene who attacks JC Jane, beats her up, knocks her out of the ring, Obviously, DQ's called, uh, and they, they she chases her off the stage. So then we're getting it for roadblock, which means they're going to step it up for standard deliver, aren't they? That's like they're they're going to have the straight match, and it's just the the ring can't contain the violence. So I'm looking forward to a preview in like three weeks when we get to try and decide what stipulation this is going to get given. Yeah, because they can't step it up for roadblock. No, because they've already well, we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. you watched this match less than 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. It's time to play the game! Time to play, time the, to game. play the game! <laughs> Maybe Tamina can be the next uh, main roster drop off into the NXT. Not just a performance center. <laughs> One of the two. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Outside the two Kiss of Death spots. Name a single thing that happened in this match, which you watched less than 24 hours ago. There was a point where JC Jane pushed her into the corner and pulled her face. <laughs> won. <laughs> won the bloody game. I mean, any segment of NXT, JC Jane did a face. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you could be bluffing and she might not have. That's it. She did a face. <laughs> she did a face. Uh, then we got the second part of the awesome Roxy uh, Mako stuff. And then Mackenzie was with Zoe Stark, who's... Pissed off with Sol Ruka. If you like the beach so much, why don't you stay there? Why don't you marry sand? That is not possible. Sand could not sign the Mary's license. Sand is very, 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 very small bits of rock. I do, however, think that uh, life on the beach could be sustained. You could fish for food. (laughs) 
<laughs> water would be an issue, ironically. Water, water everywhere. Not a drop to drink. Shelter would also be problematic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I deduce you could not, in fact, live on a beach. When people say life is a beach, <laughs> they are lying. <laughs> uh, she's pissed off with Nico getting a title shot, I think. I don't know how people surf the internet. The sea is not there. It is at the beach. I like the fact that Mackenzie just occasionally stands up to people in interviews. The World Wide Web. Would we not all get stuck? <laughs> How goddamn big is that spider? <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that in this, though, Zoe Stark's like, oh, why does uh, Miko get a title shot just because Roxy's a fan of us? And Mackenzie just goes, well, she's a living legend, dickhead. She can't be a dead one. I just saw her. <laughs> uh, and Zoe says, everyone kisses her ass. She stepped in the ring, me. I'll show her a real final boss. So we're getting a Miko Satamora match next week. Good. Yep. Fine by me. Not a bad way to get there in the match. And, and useful for someone like Zoe Stark to get step in between the ropes with someone like Satamora, of course. Like, yeah, I completely agree that she Stark? Should. I would put, like, literally anyone else except Stark in there. Oh, yeah. Should be good, though. Hmm. Gallus, we're in action next. Scare uh, <laughs> Against Idris and Ophi and Malik Blade. There was a bit of shine for Anofi and Blade. Anofi did a huge flying elbow drop, and they went to hit... Didn't quite get it, let's, let's be honest. The sort of suplex into a backstabber on coffee. Um, but in the end, they Gallus, you know, their power wins out and they hit that double team far, forearm into a power slam thing uh, for a pin on an Ofe. But it was all about the post-match really here. How does a guy called Coffee sap you of your energy? <laughs> he should think about changing his name. May I suggest Gallus in action? That is a paradox. May I suggest Joe? <laughs> Coffee. I don't want a cup of that, Joe. <laughs> uh, I do not want to be in his gang. <laughs> so, uh, during, I think either during the match or after the match, who cares? Um, two lads come down, very schnazzily dress, dressed, and uh, they've got a cake with them. And they say, we're here. It's a present from Pretty Deadly to say happy anniversary. But swerve, happy anniversary for the two-year anniversary of them winning the NXT UK tag titles from Gallus. Gallus pissed off, beat the dudes up. Smash their face into the cake, but then here comes Pretty Deadly looking immaculate. Twat them with chairs, beat them up, um, chuck them into the ring steps, and then they powerbomb Wolfgang on the steps and stand over them to make a statement with their tag titles. Surprisingly good for Pretty Deadly to do an effective beatdown segment. They're not that kind of team, and this is not their kind of role, but they pulled this off really well. Save these belts. Save them, Pretty Deadly. Like I've... I've there aren't too many matches in the next few months that I'm going to be emotionally invested in the result of quite as much as this one because there does feel like such a gap between these two teams and what I like to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's Gallus, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. 
Dabakato is cutting a promo on Apollo Cruz. He says, uh, Cruz was so busy looking into the future, he forgot his past. Talks about being there for Cruz's big moments, and they showed the WrestleMania stuff and what have Who you. Who was Dabakato talking to? Uh, Apollo Cruz. Wait. Wait, that... <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, man. I left my phone downstairs, so I appreciate that. Uh, Avengers Day thought I was there to help, but I was actually there to hurt. Uh, Cruz hasn't got a future without him. Uh, you may have brought me into this rude, rude world, Apollo Cruz, but I'm going to take you out of it. Basic stuff. Not a lot of faith in the match, but we'll see. Oh, look at the time. It's time for a one-minute Stevie Turner stream. You know how those streams <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's excited for WrestleMania, and she's debuting her new Stevie Randomizer, where someone's face appears on the screen, and she talks about him. It was Lyra Valkyria, bird person. It's a bit here, sorry, before, it can't be glossed over, where she says in the weirdest voice possible, Who's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> sound a bit like Cran. Uh, she talks about the feathers and the... Way of the Morrigan or something, and it's all a bit freaky deaky to me. Exposition for this, yeah, fantastic. Um, and of all the shows that need it and could do with a randomizer, just every now and then explain what's going on. Yeah, one uh, of these characters is this show. It's, I mean, I realize there's so many things you can talk about here, but as people who do streams with super chats, imagine if we went, Hello, welcome to the live stream, quick, get your super chats in because the stream's gonna finish in 30 seconds. You've got Five, four, three, see you next time. <laughs> so she got to a couple of questions about Lyra Valkyrie, which were very helpful. Uh, one of them included, uh, How far can you see her going? She said, oh, I think she's going to do big things, but eventually she's going to cross paths with me. Um, I think Vic Joseph tried to ask her a question. She went, anyway, time the end of the stream. It's not bad for a day's work, that is it. I know some streamers who work less than that. <laughs> Legitimately, I do. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite thing when people are like, yeah. big, big week ahead. Is it? <laughs> look it to me. Two hours of putting today. <laughs> Love Playing the video games is hard. Love the idea of a bunch of podcasters minimising hey, streaming. Hey, like hey, I write lists when I get downstairs. That's true. I get up earlier than my shift to watch crap American wrestling. And NXT. <laughs> Increasingly, yes. It's <laughs> a bit of on that. Yeah, Increasingly. <laughs> he slowly, slowly can't get out of it to go, good evening, wife. Michael, what's happening? What's wrong? All elite. I can't find any anywhere. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Oh, it's Tony D and um, Von Wagner next, actually. Dark. I can see everything. Oh, God. I should bring back the, you know, when they kept called a character who. It's like, oh, who's on first? Just for fun. Like, yeah, no. who is on first? <laughs> Beach break. That arena is not broken. Adrenaline in my soul. What do you mean you don't believe me? <laughs> <sighs> Got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Why are they showing best friends? <laughs> Yeah. 
How will he hit that man with his hands in his pockets? <laughs> oh, right. Tony D, Von Wagner. Uh, Von was, was in control early on, but he kept looking out because Mr. Stone was in a grump at ringside, just sat there, arms folded. Go on then, win a match. It's, it's still the worst booking in wrestling all the time, isn't this? When like people shouldn't be together and yet persist all the time. Yeah, I know. I'm bloody sick of you. See you next Tuesday. The same again, yeah? Right. I'm bloody sick of you. Can I have a lift? Because I uh, <laughs> parked in the other car park. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vaughn, headbutt, big boot off the ropes. And yeah, an argument starts with nobody. You're completely in control. Yeah. And, and he starts having a row with uh, Robert Stone, which allowed Tony D to come back. Uh, but Von hits him with a body slam and an elbow drop. Uh, yeah, knee lifts, forearms, um, charges across the ring, hits him with a knee, does it again with a clothesline. But as he goes for the third one, Tony dodges the splash, uh, gets up, clotheslines, belly-to-belly suplex. Uh, it's a nice-looking spine buster in there as well. And then it, he gets that back suplex thing into a slam to get the one, two, three. Oh, sorry, this match is boring. That reminds me, Duke Hudson... They're like a slingshot springboard into a German. Yeah, that was awesome. Juice cuts and rules. He's got loads about him, hasn't he? And these two don't. And it's I love Von Wagner. Love him. Never want him to disappear. Love Tony D'Angelo for like both of them for the benefit of our podcast. In truth, but like this, what eighteen months have we say before? That's how long thing he's been waiting to get his dick wet. Like these two haven't progressed in eighteen months. Tony D's going to do a gimmick match next week, so... That, yeah, that, like, he thrives in gimmick matches, doesn't he? Remember, like, that match that I didn't like that you did where he had, like, a brawl with Pete Dunne? It was awesome. That's getting on for, like, over a year ago. Tony D'Angelo's not improved. <laughs> no, he's bad, he's bad. Yeah. Uh, Kelly... He's <laughs> so good. Um, I don't... I'm not suggesting he's not going to win all the titles just, you forecast for him. Can't, I can't, I just, I don't see it. It's presumably, like, <laughs> your child's really bad at singing, but you don't hear it. You're like, no, no, it sounds great to me. <laughs> That's what it is. Because that must be what this people, you know, people go, yeah, go on, love. You should definitely go on the X Factor to try and audition for this. <laughs> really, Mom? Yeah. You don't sound like a cat being murdered, basically. Like the opposite of Robert Stone for Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. You should enter the Royal Rumble. Yeah, absolutely. You should bloody win. Um, so Kelly asks uh, D'Angelo, uh, with Stax is there with him, of course, about Dijak. Uh, and he says, oh, Kelly, we can get to that in a second. Right now, I want to talk about this man, Stax. And loyalty. Last week, he had the opportunity to take the open challenge for the North American Championship. I have my back. And he chose family. And Stack said, <laughs> It's family over everything, Dom. <laughs> Falman. What, <laughs> Stacks? Don't say that. He's going to be his. <laughs> How do you know? Yeah, I just <laughs> I think I heard the plane touch down. Like <laughs> <laughs> the sacred cow got spooked. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that elephant. Should like, we not that we do it here, but should we, should we try and replicate the magic and then just like invent characters to make dynamite uh, reviews a bit more interesting these days? Because <laughs> <laughs> we cannot get the cow, the elephant, or stacks to do dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, nah. Uh Tony D says, oh, I appreciate that, Uh You know, you get it, but you know who doesn't get it? The Mr. Street Justice Dijak. <laughs> Jake, we've been at this for a couple of months now. I think it's time we put this to an end. Me and Stacks, we thought of a couple of different ideas on how to make Dijak disappear. But I decided I'm going to handle this in the ring. I was going to kill him. <laughs> but uh, why did not you just kill him then? 
<laughs> you kill guys, they end up dressed as like Sting on another show. Yeah. Uh, so, Dijak, listen, me and you one last time, NXT roadblock in a jailhouse street fight. When it's all said and done, I'm going to be putting you in solitary confinement. You got seven days to answer. Don't make me come find you. Save that for the preview. When's roadblock? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Next week is the response. Okay, save what this is going to look like for the preview. Can't wait. So I was, I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah. I want a match with you at Roadblock. Not a jailhouse street fight. No, I don't know what that no, is, I, but obviously. I, I thought they'd save that for Stand and Deliver. <laughs> you say Wait. that as if like the other stuff on Stand and Deliver is not going to be on par. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rubbish brand. Yeah, yes! Hi, hey, Stax, you all right, man? Yeah. Wilborn said he heard you, didn't you, Wilborn? Yeah, I did. Shut up, you! <laughs> okay, guys, what is the deal with Lent? Huh? What's the deal with that? It's a period where you give up certain, like, vices yeah. and stuff in the name of... What's Lent? What's Lent? A God, maybe? Jesus? One of the two. Yeah, it's Christianity. Yeah. yeah no, no disrespect. Obviously not. No disrespect intended. Uh, but before I get into the jokes about Lent, since you, I tell you once, uh, my... Uh, my girlfriend once gave up sex for Lent, huh? You didn't. I really learned the uh, true meaning of Palm Sunday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't. I had the jacket. <laughs> I get it now. You had to come with your own hands. Jacket? Why did you need your coat on Palm Sunday? It is usually a little bit brighter outside. <laughs> oh my God, what? <laughs> time of year. Hi, st- Stax. Especially if you're down on the beach where I live because someone on this show said you could. I Sounded sold fun. all my wares and moved to the beach. They told me to buy a beach house, but uh, it kept falling over. <laughs> anyway, Stitch. When is the best? I guess it is true what they say. When castles are made of sand. <laughs> when is the best time to run a marathon? Uh, I would say the autumn because it's traditionally dry and crisp. The heat isn't suffocating and the really adverse weather conditions don't really kick in until the winter. So I'm going to go with late autumn. Yeah, October for me. October, yeah. No, the, the jokes about Lent. You thought there was a question. The best time to run a marathon is during Lent because that's when you fast. Ah, that's when you ah, fast. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, what is a Christian's favorite meal, Hamlet, between Ash Wednesday and Easter? Is the Ash matter here or not? Ash Wednesday. That's, a, that's is this the first day of Lent, isn't it? And he's there. Is this one of those things where it's like, nothing, you can eat. So the F-bomb makes the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it must be, yeah. We're going to go, Starks, with nothing because you can't eat. That's better than this joke. What is a Christian's favorite meal between Ash Wednesday and Easter? Lent ill soup. <laughs> oh. oh, God. I'll be honest, I found one in three and thought, oh, God damn it, i got to squeeze something out of this. <laughs> Anyway, so that's question joke number three. Okay. Moving swiftly on. Sitch, what happened to the man who gave up erections for Lent? He had a really big cum shot four weeks later. <laughs> he started 
playing a role a part of a tag team on NXT. No. <laughs> Any guesses? No. No, we can do this. We can do this. What you got? What's the setup? I forgot. Yeah. What happened to the man who gave up erections for Len? Picture that. Don't picture that, actually. Uh, so Jesus wasn't the only one who was risen. Oh, that's good. Yes. God damn, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the man who gave up erections for Lent? He got pretty f***ing hard. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> See you later, guys. And you, Nelly and Daisy. Is he cracking up the Daisy there? <laughs> a little bit. Do you think like he's trying to make the elephant jealous? Because the I elephant's, think elephant's on the plane, isn't he? So. Oh, uh, something going on with those three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, unsurprisingly, this is going to take the cow on the plane one week. Judgment Day is not one of those things where it's like if you leave the cow and the elephant on the plane, <laughs> 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 and there are peanuts and stuff. So. You cannot leave an elephant with a bag of grain. No, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, this is my favourite bit of the show because we went from Vaughn and Tony immediately backstage to Nikita Lyons. Um, she's had a successful surgery. Uh, she's going to be out for 11 to 12 months. Get well soon, of course. Um, but uh, she talks about that night when she... Sorry, she says, you know, the doctors say that, you know, I'm either going to come back in 11 or 12 months, but I aim to do it in under a year. That was the prognosis. <laughs> <laughs> um Mackenzie asked her if she couldn't give us any help with regards to who her attacker was, but she was clipped from behind. No one knows who the attacker was. Indy Hartwell. All right, okay. Uh, anyway, never mind all that, because here comes Tiffany Stratton, who's like, ah, slides into shop. <laughs> Why is anybody else not talking about you? All this is, all this is wasted TV time that could be dedicated to the center of the universe. I do not understand. You are a woman, nothing. <laughs> Anyway, Nikita Lyons says she sounds real sus right now. Uh, and uh, Nikita, uh, sorry, and Tiffany says... Sus? Sus? Me? Sus? Up a little. On the list of important things to do in my life, attacking you in the parking lot ranks at the bottom. Actually, more like below the bottom. What's even below the bottom? Anyway, besides... Nothing that is impossible. <laughs> If it were me, you wouldn't be on this show for a year. You would be our partner. Oh, I said Tiffany Pippiner. <laughs> what if you vanish from NXT for a full year? Ready? Go. Toodles. Toodles. Cock. Not very good. Move on. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, Tatum's watching the show backstage. Good. Uh, Ivy Niles comes in and she goes, well, what's going on? And he went, they don't know who attacked Nikita Lyons. It was Indy Hartwell. All oh, right, okay. Um, and Tatum says, well, anyway, good luck with your match. And I was like, what do you mean? Why aren't you coming out with me? She's like, well, I don't know if, that, you know, if that's all right or not. So I don't let Isla Dawn get to you. Um, Tatum agrees to go out with Ivy, but then... You have to learn from me, the person who's been wrestling six months <laughs> longer. <laughs> Another locker room leader. Yeah. That's why she gravitates so much to the minute. Yes. Uh, worrying bit came next. Yeah. Trick is backstage looking hurt. In comes Mello, says, proud of you. Trick's uh, like, should we go and get some food? But Mello's like, ah, I kind of need to stick around for the main event. Um, and in comes Tyler Beard, compliments Trick on uh, putting up a good fight. Talks about the stronger the storm, the stronger the tree. Uh, Trick calls it Dr. Shoe stuff, but gets it. And Mello says, look, 
well, I don't know what you're about, but uh, <laughs> all I care about is the fact that your journey doesn't involve the NXT Championship because that's all about me. To Cedric's point, really, like I didn't want to see any division of any kind between Trick and Mellow, and this is where you were just... Like, I don't want to think of them living separate lives, truthfully. I love the idea. I wanted to join them for tea. Yeah. When they said they were going to go for food, I was like, can I come? Yeah. Uh, oh, trick. Until that's for accident, Mellow. Yeah. That's the, the rapping on the door. <laughs> Creepy. Isla Dawn came out with Alba Fire uh, for Alba Fire's match against Ivy Nile. This wasn't bad. Hmm. Alba Fire is <laughs> a good wrestler. Yeah. Shock horror. Um, Ivy Nile keeps countering, counters a gory bomb uh, with a sunset bomb for a two count. Puts her in a dragon sleeper, but up onto the apron jumps Isla Dawn. So Tatum Paxley does the uh, same on the other side. But story this is, oh, she's accidentally cost Ivy Nile the match because... In an attempt to escape the holds, Ivy Nile gets driven by um, Alba Fire uh, into Tatum Paxley. Bonk. Gory bomb from Alba Fire. One, two, three. Decent. Um, this was, I mean, this got caught out. It was going to be one or the other. We said this in the preview. Like, you cannot do two Egyptian stories on the same show. Let alone EW in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> like, the same time is unacceptable, the same show, is impossible. You can't invest in two, and yet here we are. I thought the match was all right, though. Um, Alba Fire isn't, unfortunately, I wish she was, because when she's good, she's great. Capital G, great. I wish she was the, every single week, she could be the veteran presence for a load of these like younger talents that desperately need to work with her. It's just not there all the time. But it was here, and it was good to see. Yeah. Um, hype video for Bron Breaker. Um NXT's his life, as long as he's breathing, the championship will remain around his waist. Uh, and then we go to uh, Kiana James's office. She is there with her secretary. Oh, my God. Oh, I thought it was going to be business noises. Yeah. Uh, what, what does a business noise sound like? And you should know because you've uploaded it to press, the soundboard. Press board. the business button. Yeah. Press the business button right now. Uh, one second. See if I can find it. I think it's this one. One direction. Wait, is that a guy? I said you're holding back. She says, Shut up and dance with me. This woman is my destiny. She said, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, um, so G, the secretary, uh, says, uh, Fallon Emily's here. She gets sent in. Uh, a bit of an awkward exchange. Fallon says, I know you ru- I ruined your date. Uh, I was wrong about Zach, but you should have told me. <laughs> Blatantly bloody obvious, Fallon. Uh, and Kiana says, I just want you to trust me. And Fallon apologizes. Kiana accepts jealousy is a human emotion. Fallon says, I'm not jealous. Hmm? Uh, told, I'm telling you. Legit gripping saga stuff, this man. I'm telling you. I, I, I wish I could remember the I week. I was under your nose the whole time. I, <laughs> I wish uh, I could remember the week during, like, it would have been late 2019, early 2020, when it would have been definitely Sage that highlighted this. Like, I, people are just assuming Hangman Page is going to turn heel, but I don't know which one's going to end up being the heel here. I'm seeing things in Kenny that eventually makes him out to be the heel. He was right. He's always right. 
here we are again. Who's it going to be? Who mm. is going to put their arms out and who's going to fall straight through them between the tag team champions when they eventually lose the belts? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. This was the twist you want to see. Uh, Kiana says, I've got Brooks' best interests at heart. I'm excited to see where we go next from here. The NXT women's tag titles have never felt more important. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truthfully. Like, whoever's going to be in their next shot, just like when they won them, you're kind of going to be glued to the interactions. The match is going to be two stars max. But who cares? Because you're going to be watching to see, like, how much trust is there. Like, when the Cowboys are out with them, you're going to be watching all the interactions between the two. This yeah. new development is one we all kind of saw coming, but I'm so glad they've actually done it. And they've not gone yet gone down the obvious route. It is the, like, bloodline adjacent, because it's like, we can probably extend this. Yeah. And they have. Yeah, they have. They have. Uh, Wesley's with Mackenzie. Uh, enjoyed the uh, title defense last week. Says, I'd love to make it to Los Angeles as champion. But I know the fans, but you love an open challenge. So you know what, bollocks, I'll do it again next week. And Mackenzie's like, why are you doing that, you idiot? You're, you're at a disadvantage. And Wesley's like, ah, it is who I am. I, I, I like Wesley, so. I like this. WWE's such a weird place that the interviewer would say, hey, babyface, why are you being a babyface? <laughs> It's that WWE yeah, values no. thing Aye. again, isn't it? You stupid idiot loser. Rest. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good guy. I've, I've come to compete. I've come to work to do my job for a living. You fool. <laughs> uh, and then we got the main event, Bron Breaker versus Jinder Mahal oh for boy. the NXT Championship. Um, you've got Indus share at ringside. We called this, to be fair, on the preview, actually. What, that it'd be f***ing sh- <laughs> no, have to be Nostradamus, do you? I meant more of the Creep Brothers interfering, but yeah, that's also applies. Um, Bron hit a spinebuster early, and Indusher pulled Jinder out, so Bron dove, dove onto all of them. And then here comes the Creep Brothers to fight Veer and Sanger, and they go off. And it's just Jinder and Bron, and you know you've got rising star, you know, with this industry in his in his veins, and you know, veteran. So, what magic can they produce? Bron Breaker. Uh, Fought back after a bit, hit some suplexes, hit a spike. the industry in his veins for a bit. <laughs> Breaker's heads up for a spear. <laughs> Mahal rolls to the outside. Breaker's an idiot who goes after him and gets caught. Mahal catches him with a classic knee heel playbook sort of thing. Um, vertical suplex from Jinder Mahal. Right. Do you want to talk now? Or? Yeah. Jinder Mahal has been working in this business for nearly 20 years. Jinder Mahal is a former WWE champion. Jinder Mahal, through two separate WWE stints, has worked a less intensive than it used to be, but it used to be barbaric. But, you know, he's worked a lot. A lot of house shows, a lot of live events, sometimes appearing on both TV shows at once, loads of pay-per-views. I don't wrestle and have never taken a bump. I would imagine that a simple vertical suplex is a lot easier to execute than a Canadian destroyer, a low pay, space line tiger drop. I think that if there's a move that any wrestler could do, a vertical suplex realistically is probably easier than a working punch to make look good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jinder Mahal clotheslined himself in the face <laughs> with Bron Breaker's arm <laughs> trying to lift it over his head. Hamlet. Yeah. Stay there. Oh God. Talk for ten seconds while I get Adam Wilborn. Describe to me what I'm doing. Okay. okay so Cedric. Yeah, they're in a lockup. He's got his head underneath Wilborn's arm and armpit, ready to do the suplex. He's going to drill him. Hey. Yeah. He's moved backwards. 
Have I ever undertaken a day of wrestling training? Never. And did if I Wilbur, just did I just put his arm over my head without bashing myself in the face with it? You did. And to your point, if Wilborn did the vertical leap, you would have just executed a horribly dangerous but a suplex nonetheless. Yes. You would have done it. I make typos. But I don't get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? I just don't spell the incorrectly. How do you spell WWE? <laughs> um, so, yeah, got a two count off the back of that. Then he starts taunting Breaker, slapping around the face. That fires him up. Uh, Breaker hits a super Frankensteiner. Um, Mahal gets hit with a release vertical suplex, kicks out. Um, Breaker goes up top, uh, leaps off the middle rope. Mahal kicks him with a high kick, goes for his class finisher. Breaker counters it. And then spears him out of nowhere. One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes is seen standing in the eagle's nest bit overlooking this dreadful main event. Yeah, this was so bad. Um, but it was worse because this was the worst possible time to have this bad match. This Jinder Mahal idea has been a terrible one. Bron Breaker's getting booed by these like entitled pricks, let's be honest, fans in the before. I don't like this NXT crowd, but he was getting booed at Vengeance Day, punters, people that bought tickets. And it's fine to be like sick of a champion and say enough's enough. And hopefully that will help the heat in the... Carmelo Hayes match, mm. but hopefully also that match will be good, mm. and the wrestlers... I don't know. I'm worried about that as well, to be honest, but theoretically... Like Better the book, than this. Oh, God, yeah. Like, the book in this, because they yeah, believe... I mean, that's the strategy. <laughs> yeah, like, line up a bunch of, like, terrible opponents now, so the Melo match looks special. Just, it, like, I, it's not a disaster, because nobody really watches, and this won't leave a mark on Bron, but if they did, and if it was going to leave a mark, it would have left a pretty big one. This was... Terrible. Yeah, when, when Bron moves up to the main roster. Like, I could easily see when they move Bron to the main roster, they just go, first match, you and Dolph, because you've worked well together in the past, and he can bump all over. The- They're not putting anywhere near Jinder. Do you remember at the start of the Grayson Waller feud, they ran a video package of every Bron Breaker victory to show, like, how dominant he'd been and all the different types of opponents, and now it was all about beating a guy like Waller who runs his mouth. You can't put Jinder in that video package for Bron's future feuds. You can't put him in the video package for the mellow one. Um, and I thought, oof, it's a bit of a rubbish way to end this show. And I thought, oh, something's going weird with my telly. But it turns out we were being hacked um, because um, it is revealed. Grayson Bloody Waller, who said, oh, I'm just having a night off if you follow him on Twitter. Oh, I'm not bothering anything tonight. He's taken over the production truck. Um, I love that he grabbed the remote. That's how you turn yeah. the entire wrestling team. Just use the remote. Yeah, he was on the WWE section of the Peacock app. He selects Stand and Deliver. Um, and he talks about, you know, HBK, you're Mr. WrestleMania. I'm Mr. Stand and Deliver. I'm the new showstopper. Stand and Deliver is going to be my show. No one's going to hold me back. And he challenges the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, to be a guest on a very special edition of the Grayson Waller effect at NXT Roadblock. It's happening. A brilliant down-the-camera promo for a match slash altercation I desperately want to watch. I have no other way to put this over than this was everything I wanted. No notes. Perfect ending yeah. this. I'm so... Like, oh, Roxanne Perez. we got... All right, it's maybe even more for me, the Tony D match. But also, you've got Roxanne Perez versus Miko Satamora and HBK... Setting up a feud with Grayson Waller ahead of Stand and Deliver. Ridiculous. Preview for this a little bit, but just a little bit here. I think next week Shawn Michaels says no. Yes. And that enrages Grayson Waller more as oh. like a mark of disrespect. Who can he beat up that's near and dear to Shawn Michaels' heart to lull him out of retirement? Oh, Triple H, please. Matt Bloom's been shown alongside all this, of course. 
Aye. Lifelong friends. Marty Gennetti. I don't think he cares about Marty Gennetti anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he be, best wash your hands. Grayson Waller should uh, do a Batista on Ric Flair. Just drag Ric Flair out of a room. I'm sorry, Rick. I love you. Shawn Michaels buried. Uh, Ric Flair buried Shawn Michaels. Apparently. Yeah, they're back on terms now. Are they? I think so. Ah. Just gave me a flashback then to when uh, they started using Todd Pettengill again on NXT. And you were like, oh, cool. It's the best show ever. Yeah, <laughs> Shawn Michaels has a lot of contempt for Todd Pettengill. I can just tell. Yeah. Mm. He'll find someone, I'm sure. It'd be hard to f- do this, but Kevin Ash deserves a payday. And in, be, a, in a nice day. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome, yeah. But very excited to see how this is followed up next week. Let us know your thoughts on the whole show, though, on NXT on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dally Boys are back a little bit later on today to preview AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT review. My thanks to the Dally Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we... See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.